0: Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Avana, And I'm Jay.
1: Today we find a skipped letter and watch The Favorite.
0: And we also explore a new app that could make you feel loads better. It's time for Categorize. I can't believe it. We went from L to N and skipped M. 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 M.
1: How could we do that? And especially because I feel like M movies are like great.
0: They are great. So we are doing a very special kind of going backwards categorized. Ivana, what's the first favorite M movie on your list? Mallrats. Mallrats. I like that you picked that. I watched that recently and I I think it held up. I don't know if everybody would think that.
1: I love that movie. And to be honest, I think that movie, watching it as a kid, made me want to work
0: in film. Whoa, that it, is exceptional high praise.
1: Yeah, like I, there was just something about seeing these, what I fe- felt like were such grown ups, um, you know, walk around the mall doing nothing. But while they were doing nothing, they were, you know, speaking eloquently and, being very overeducated about everything that they did. And it inspired me and it made me want to work in film.
0: Mole is known for that highbrow language that is, that really comes with just nothing. It's like talking about Superman and Lois Lane having a baby, but it's on this other level of intellect.
1: Exactly. And I thought that was beautiful. What about you? What's your, your t- next pick?
0: Well, I would go with Moana.
1: Oh, Moana. So cute.
0: I love that movie so much. I think I revisit it way more often. There's a cute story where my, my, at the time, she was two. My two-year-old niece was like, I want to watch The Boss Baby. And I looked at her like with a look of like, I'm disappointed in you, two-year-old. And I was like, no, you can watch Moana instead.
1: Judging a (laughs) two-year-old.
0: Moana's great. It's, you know, it takes that princess trope to this other level where she's a fierce, amazing female character who's really just trying to find herself so that she can help her family. And, I mean, all those kind of movies really hit home. For me, I love those kind of films. And Moana is, like, top of the peak as far as M movies for that next up for you mean girls i knew mean girls would be on your list like it's always on your list whenever you can get mean girls into a conversation you try to do this
1: it's a fantastic movie i don't see any problems
0: here what do you think of timothy meadows every time you're watching schooled or the goldbergs like don't you just get like a little bit of he was in mean girls and i loved him Um, as the principal in mean girls
1: i don't know i guess i don't get all that nostalgic about it. <laughs> he I Fair I'm, enough, that I, might just be me. I picture him more from SNL.
0: As the ladies' man.
1: Oh I totally forgot about that.
0: <laughs> so why is Mean Girls on your list?
1: Mean Girls is on my list because it is witty, it is smart, it is well written, well acted, well produced uh, I love teen movies, and this is one of the best ones. I wouldn't say it's the best one, but it's definitely among the,
0: the top three. I mean, it's definitely one of the best teen movies that was released in the 2000s, if not the best of all the 2000s. I wish there was more movies like this. I don't know what Tina Fey is up to, but she needs to start writing some more screenplays that give us these I characters. Know.
1: What the hell?
0: <laughs> I know. She's just doing like, Sisters and is that it? Is what I guess she's a mom and like Well a lot of television shows.
1: I I don't think that's it. Oh, she right, had a child right, right. She while she was doing Mean Girls. She had a child while she was doing uh Thirty Rock. It it's not momness that is slowing. Her You're out. right. She's just she I always making forget other about things. The
0: unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I forget about that that she's involved. And that uh good news show. Exactly. She's been doing
1: one. lots. It just hasn't been like Mean Girls. Films.
0: Yeah, it has. Uh, next <laughs> on my list is Meatballs, which is a movie that does not hold up to a lot of people because there's a lot of sexual harassment in this movie. I um, would say
1: sexual assault.
0: And just, I watched that yeah, recently yeah.
1: on your recommendation. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, sexual.
0: Wow. There is a sexual assault. In which Bill Murray believes he's being playful, but it is, it's assault. It is not right.
1: Yeah. Like she just is constantly telling him no. And he is constantly doing stuff anyway. It's shocking
0: to today's standards. It is. Holy shit. This is not right. And (laughs) to then standards, it would have been, holy shit. That's not right. But I don't know why I love this film. Like, Aside from that and the Peeping Tom stuff, I think this movie is great, and it's filmed in Ontario, which we, I live in Ontario, and I love summer camp movies, and I think this is still the cream of the crop. I watch it every single summer. It is my favorite summer movie, hands down. I just think it, there are things in it that are dated that are really bad for the world in this movie.
1: Fair enough. I don't know that I have anything else to say beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're pretty aware of where it stands, but
0: it's very still aware that... politically. I just still laugh for no reason.
1: My next one is a throwback to like back in the day. And it is Mary Poppins.
0: What? Have you seen like the, sequel? the original? The original. Yeah, I know. Did you see the sequel? No. No, you don't need to, because Mary Poppins is, like, the shit for you.
1: To be honest, it's been a really long time since I've watched it, but when I was a kid, I really liked the movie, and I thought that it was really well done and really cool. Um, it's a movie that is still considered a classic. I'm sure at some point I'll watch the, the sequel, but that really has no bearing to the original, and I, I don't know. I think it's made its mark in movie history, and... Like it's still something I think that people refer to kind of like Casablanca and other things. So I think that's pretty cool. And I think that means it's a great movie. I
0: think Mary Poppins is a great pick. It is easily some of the most recognizable songs in all of musical history. Julie Andrews as Mary Poppins is also one of those iconic things. Nobody really understands what Mary Poppins is. She's just magic, and it's beautiful, and I love it. I love that it's on your list. It makes me feel closer to you knowing this is a surprise on your list, and it's a nice surprise for me. Mm -hmm. For me. Uh, Next up on mine is The Mask of Zorro. The Mask of Zorro is... It's the first movie I ever went to a girl, like went on a date with a girl to see a movie with. It was my very first date period. That's That's the way to say it. That's so cute. And I liked the movie more than I liked the date. And it has never changed. I think Antonio Banderas is my Zorro. And watching that movie it is swashbuckling, it's heroic, there's revenge elements, there's a very huge political, fictional, but political agenda in the film. I love that movie, and top it up with a great score, The Mask of Zorro is something, if you've never seen, in this day and age of superhero movies, I think you should go back and watch the Mask of Zorro.
1: You know, I, I I saw it and I remember thinking it was a really fun, fun movie.
0: Zorro's cool. He's just a guy, but he's like the original Batman.
1: That's such a cool way to look at him.
0: So I definitely think you should you should see it because it's a it's a fantastic movie all on its own. The sequel's not great. What's up for you?
1: My next one. Uh, is I think already a classic, and that is Mad Max Fury Road.
0: Oh my God, my next one is Mad Max Fury Road. Let's talk about it. Mad Max Fury Road. It's such a good movie. Like
1: not only is it beautiful, but it also has something to say, and it is this epic adventure that you can just watch over and over and over again.
0: I love that it is. it elevates the action genre. It does. There is something to be said about the old Mad Max movies, which are kind of by the numbers and not really, they're not stupendous. I'm sorry, Australia. They're not.
1: I've never seen one.
0: Oh, that's okay. I'm telling you right now. (laughs) The first one is just like a straight revenge movie, and then the rest are he's going crazy. This showcases a guy just trying to survive in a world that he didn't want to belong to, but He's got to now. Uh, And then on top of that, all those practical effects on a story that is pro women. It's a great movie.
1: I only just read the other day that the like fire bassist or guitarist, I think bass though, um, that dude, that was all real. And the fire was actually coming out of the guitar or bass. Oh, yeah.
0: Like Super dangerous things were happening in this movie.
1: Pretty damn cool. I can't <laughs> even. Very very damn cool. Yeah.
0: Uh, my last one is my cousin Vinny. If you've never seen my cousin Vinny, you gotta check it out. We watched it uh, recently up north. My uh, family friends, the Robs, they had never they'd seen it, but some of them have forgotten it. I think. And they were like, my Really? last we're one watching is my also
1: Vinny? my cousin Vinny." What? Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. I love that movie. We got two that match? That never happens.
1: (laughs) I love that movie. It's such, I I mean, like, I don't know. It just brings me so much joy. I only watched it recently for the first time. But, man, it, like, burrowed into my heart and has a little spot there forever.
0: It is my go-to R-rated comedy.
1: I didn't even realize it was R-rated. Absolutely. But either way, it doesn't matter.
0: They they dropped the F-bomb, like, a hundred times. You know that the States has the rule, if you drop the F-bomb once, it's PG-13. Anything else, it's R-rated.
1: I thought that there was something with four. But to be honest, uh, I've also seen YouTube videos that say that it's a fairly arbitrary measure and there's no real rules.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it, it all comes down to the science of the MPAA. Whatever. The rating system screwed up anyways. But I have always thought, like... Okay, this, is, this movie's rated R. I wonder why. And then I saw it. I'm like, oh, it's just for language. Like, that's it. And it's just perfect language. Oh, I guess there's some sexual innuendos when he's in prison. And Marissa Tomei wins an Oscar. And you know what? Deservedly. She's 100% amazing. 100%
1: deservedly. She's amazing in this. Her monologues. My God. Brilliant.
0: So funny. I love the, the line about uh, there's a story about you're going to go hunting what are you going to shoot it's like I don't know deer maybe a deer you're going to shoot a deer it's like yeah I guess I don't know I'm not going to wuss out I'm going to go out there what do you think of these pants and he's like she's like listen think about a deer running through a little brook comes up to a little river puts its little deer mouth on the river to cool its breath laps up the water bam shot through the head now I tell you would you give a fuck what the prick was wearing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of, like, amazing line. I didn't do it, you know, justice, but Marissa Tomei does and fully deserves that Oscar. All right, so we got to pick one of these five. Mine is My Cousin Vinny, hands down. What is yours? Are you going to go with the same as me?
1: Um, You know, I am tempted. My top two, the ones that, like, are contending are My Cousin Vinny and Mad Max Fury Road. But I'm going to pick Mad Max Fury Road so that we can be different.
0: Okay. Be different. Sure. I mean, I think we gotta get together, have a PJ party, watch my cousin Vinny. Ah. I, I I didn't realize you only just watched it. This is uh this is a milestone day for me. We gotta we gotta celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite M movie? Please let us know. Write us a note, put us on Twitter, whatever you gotta do, let us know what your favorite movie is that starts with the letter M.
1: So It's not even that, like, late or early in the day, but I am just, like, producing this movie has, like, worn me to the ground. I'm so sleep-deprived, Jay.
0: I I must say, thank you so much for waking up and and recording with me today.
1: The worst part is, like, I went to bed. I was working on the movie till about 5 a.m., and then I went to bed, and starting at 8 a.m., I started to wake up with, like anxiety dreams or something. What? Uh, I don't know. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Are you so tired that like you don't know what's real and what's not real yet?
1: I think so. I feel a little bit drunk, if I'm being honest with you.
0: This is basically the warning to you, the listener. If Ivana doesn't make sense in this episode, that is why. Mm Mm-hmm. That's but I'm so glad that you woke up and like we could spend some time on a Sunday together. We never do this.
1: Ugh. Mornings, they're the
0: worst. I know, but get a cup of coffee into you. I I understand how tired you were. I am never tired, as you know. I am like, I get a full eight hours sleep almost every night. I go to bed at like ten fifteen, but you've got a lot on the go. I. I hope the movie is going to be as amazing as the work that you're doing on it is.
1: I think that's how it works. The more work I do, hopefully the better the movie is.
0: Perfect. Then, then it's going to be incredible because you're, you know, hurting your health for this.
1: But I am going to go to sleep tonight. Like, that is my promise to myself.
0: Perfect. Maybe even after we record.
1: It's
0: app time. So, Ivana, it is the start of a new year. We are in 2019. What if I told you there was an app that could bring you daily motivation that every day you could get your goals accomplished because you got a text message from an app? What do you think you'd say?
1: Uh, I'm meh on this concept.
0: So a new app is, it's called Shine. And Shine is like a, It's sort of like a pep talk that you get every single day. So you get a motivational text in the morning or you can jump into the app and it's like midday and you click on a button and it'll give you like an affirmation of how your day's going and what it thinks you need to bust through the hump of your workday. And it's got a library of like self-improvement audio that talks to you and helps you reaffirm like maybe you're looking into meditation maybe you need help with personal friends or your love life there are different things that can make you feel better about what you're doing and they're all like self-care text audio text
1: um what do you think about this this shine app
0: so i i i downloaded it just to like hear a couple of these things and they were like cute and i was like oh that's kind of nice you do have to pay for a lot of like the better features and it can range between like 12 bucks to a full year at 70, 80 bucks, something like that.
1: Wow. That's quite pricey. That is
0: definitely pricey, but it is a full service. So if you're, you want daily challenges, you can like unlock the challenges and it'll give you something to do every day. How much would a personal trainer cost or a personal life coach.
1: Well, I I would expect it's probably a lot cheaper than a life coach, but from looking at it or like looking through the interface, everything seemed kind of generalized and I just don't know that daily affirmations gets anyone anywhere in life, like in a generalized way.
0: So this is what I was kind of thinking about. I've used meditation apps and like apps to make me calm down and just de-stress. And they've been very, very useful to me. But one thing that's not useful to me are notifications for dealing with my self-care. And I don't like notifications. I don't know if you know this about me, but I turn off notifications on 95% of my apps.
1: Yeah, I do that too. The only notifications I allow on my phone... Uh, Is Habitbull, which is an app I use to remind me to accomplish personal goals Um, and and like text messaging or types of text messaging apps where I want to actually know if someone's reaching out to me. Other than that, nothing notifies me on my phone.
0: Yeah. So I think getting a daily notification would instantly become background noise. Me.
1: I will say even for the Habit Bull app that I do use, you know, unless I'm actively working with it because I go on and off, like depending on the month, I guess it is like background noise. I kind of look at it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll ignore this today.
0: <laughs> unless it has something creative, a creative way of popping up on my screen. I'm really I really just see it as like your background noise.
1: I don't know that I'm really comforted or am on board with the concept of affirmations. You can kill it in the afternoon. Like I don't know.
0: It doesn't this do app- it for me. It, it 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 looks beautiful, but personally I just don't think it it has enough personality to win me over.
1: Same. Same here. It's not for me, but it's pretty cool to at least take a look at it.
0: Yeah, and these kind of apps are are showing up more and more. So why don't you let us know what you think of these self-care apps? Um,
1: Yeah, and which ones do you use to help you with your self-care?
0: And maybe we'll do it in It's App Time. It's Film Freaks. Chatter for the film fan in all of us. In our quest to tackle all the best picture Oscar nominees, we had to watch The Favorite.
1: Directed by Yargos Lanthimos. I think that's how you say his name. He's the director of The Lobster. The favorite is about the Queen of England and a secret that she hides from the country.
0: It's also about the two people in her life that she confides in more than anyone else during wartime with France.
1: Two cousins who begin the film as strangers and then closely become friends and turn to rivals.
0: The pursuit of power and the struggle to appease the queen makes for a very suspenseful, thrilling dynamic in kind of a darkly comedic way.
1: Totally darkly comedic. So we have Sarah, who is played by Rachel Weisz, and she is the best friend and confidant to Queen Anne, played by Olivia Colman.
0: And then we have interloper Abigail. She storms the castle after a very hard life, and she is looking for her piece of happiness.
1: All the while we see all the happiness of the rich is really just them being disgusting to one another and laughing hysterically.
0: The queen suffers from gout on her leg, and that gives Abigail, the currently a handmaid, the opportunity to make herself seen when she applies a natural herb to relieve her swelling. Things really heat up when she discovers Sarah and Queen Anne are romantically involved.
1: Abigail, wanting in on the action, starts playing both sides against each other. She starts turning the Queen on to things that could help a man named Mr. Harley become Prime Minister and stabilize their country, all the while hoping to elevate her status.
0: This goes on until Abigail gets what she feels she deserves and is just as disgusting as the other opulent folk surrounding.
1: Sarah ultimately ends up banished from England after Abigail lies about her family stealing from the crown.
0: All this back and forth pushes the queen to finally stand on her own two feet now that her two trusted advisors are either banished or revealed as not what they appear to be.
1: What did you think of this movie, Jay? Jay.
0: Oh, I really like this movie a lot. Yeah. I I didn't find it as... I definitely laughed. It's marketed sort of as a comedy. It's not really a comedy. Uh, But it is dark and funny at times. And I really enjoyed that part of it.
1: Yeah, this movie is a hard one to pin down for me because um, I wish there was a new type of genre like drama, comedy, and amusements. Because this movie... Amusements? Yeah, this movie is amusing, but it's not necessarily a drama or a comedy. It's just an amusement.
0: It is thrilling and dark and twisted. Yeah. And psychologically damaging, but I like it.
1: I think that it is my favorite from the director.
0: Oh, 100%.
1: The lobster, I found, I was like kind of weirded out by it, but I couldn't look away, but I also didn't really particularly enjoy watching it. Um, Same thing with Killing of a Sacred Deer. I was enthralled by it, but I don't know that I enjoyed myself watching it. And to be honest, those are the only ones from him that I've seen.
0: And that's fair. It is not a traditional best picture nominated film I think it's oh you
1: think so I thought it fit the category really well because um I don't know it was so entertaining and the art and those fisheye lens shots oh my god so beautiful
0: when I think of the movie I don't immediately think this is what the academy wants or would want to put in a best picture category I think mostly because Of Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone and their like conniving evilness towards one another, I don't know. It just it's so twisted. I don't see it as a best picture nominee. I don't think it'll win, but I think it's terrific. I I love Olivia Colman in this film. Oh, she's so good. She gets such an arc. She is a terrible queen. Like she is not good at this job. She is empowered by. Sarah and Abigail throughout the whole film, either to do crappy things or to do amazing things. But at the end, when she realized, like there's a weird moment in the end where Abigail is in the room with the queen, the queen is sleeping and she, she's got everything that she possibly could want. And she is a horrible person because that's what all the rich people in this film are yeah like she steps down on one of the bunnies to make it squeal, and you watch Olivia Coleman wake up in in a panic and then just take her power out on Emma Stone, and you're like, "Wow, like that was one of the best endings to a film I saw all year, yeah." And, and it's strange because they do this weird overlapping shot with all the bunnies running around and Emma Stone on her knees and the, the queen, like it's a weird shot.
1: I think that's part of what makes this movie so great. This, the, the shots, what you see through the camera, the, even the lenses that are being used. Um, it's cool. It's stuff that I don't think I've seen really before. Um, and, all of it in this strange, like it's a perfect complement to the strange story that you're watching, which is almost a funhouse mirror version of life, because I guess that's what it was to be rich back then.
0: Now, what do you think this film says about men in this era?
1: I, I think that this movie is unconcerned about men of this era.
0: What yeah. about you? Well, when we first saw, see who will eventually be Abigail's wife or uh, sorry, Abigail's husband. I immediately thought that men are a threat to women in this country because you see all of the parliament leading up. They're all trying to fight the queen for something that they want and the queen can't handle it. And you see Abigail in the field and she notices the man and she rides off because she doesn't want to be around him and you hear Abigail's story about how often she had to like she was she was raped and it was yeah. horrible but then you watch Abigail interact with the men and she could care less that they're there they're there as her stepping stone to a better life and that is it
1: yeah she's a very i think motivated and hungry character and even though they're part of the story and they have a lot of power, especially in her past life. This new life here, because it's led by a matriarch, is different. And these, the three main women, are largely completely unconcerned with any men in this story.
0: the story. It has nothing, and that I think is why they find solace in these, uh, in these relationships with each other.
1: Yeah. Like, half the time, I feel like Rachel Weiss is just excited to keep the war going so that her husband can stay away from her.
0: A hundred percent. I wish they kind of dove in a little bit more to her motivations there because she's so... Like, she really doesn't want the poor people to have anything. She wants this war to keep going on and double tax. And it's like, but why? Like, what is going on in your brain? And they don't really... Dive deeper into that.
1: I kind of like that because you're left to make your own assumptions, and the I felt like the assumption was she will do anything to keep her husband away from her. Like, there's no,
0: there's no end to what this relationship secret. So at the end of the film, Abigail sort of lies and says they've stolen seven thousand pounds from you. Yeah, and that's a huge deal. So she, the queen, banishes. Uh, Sarah and her husband and their family out of England. And the way that the director decides to deal with this, because I I would be like, do they like drag her out? Like, how would that happen? She's just at the window and sees like, oh, the mail is arriving. But really, there's like 30 horsemen. It's like, huh, I think we should move somewhere other than England. Yeah. (laughs) And I just died laughing because I'm like, oh, So that's how that happens.
1: Well, she I mean, Sarah is a cunning and like smart woman, so she gets it. But
0: Abigail is the mastermind. She is the more powerful of that's the other part of this. Every both women are very powerful women. And they neglect the fact that the queen is still more powerful.
1: Yeah, they both feel like they have control of the queen and they forget they went i think both of them lose when they overstep their power
0: absolutely and that is a great message i i really like this film um, was there anything in the movie that you wanted to touch on like i i don't really care about mr harley or the you know the half ha- hazard way that she becomes a lady i just really like the way these three women interacted and i thought it was the power struggle was the best part of the film
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. The only other thing I will say, if you have not seen this movie, also, I'm sorry for all the spoilers, but.
0: Right, right. um,
1: But like the cinematography here is unparalleled. I saw things I'd never seen before. This movie is as beautiful as this power struggle is entertaining to watch.
0: And that's the show. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in again next time.
1: If you'd like to help support the show, just hop on to your podcast service, subscribe, and give us a quick rating and review. Our
0: intro song comes from bensound.com, and we encourage you to check out all of our show notes for more information on our music, our talented voice actors, and the sound effects.
1: Jay and I love hearing from you So we built this website You can reach us at morethemovies.net
0: And in case you hate websites You can email us at hello at net,
1: Or find us on Facebook Slash more movies
0: Podcast, Or you can catch us on Twitter I'm at JesterJ I'm at It's Ivana. Thanks again for spending some time with us We'll be back next week With an all new commercial free episode Until next time friends Do more And watch
1: more